0: Welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Monday evening with two of my friends in Los Angeles. First up, Dave McMenamin, our Lakers beat writer and general NBA expert. Hello, David.
1: Hello, Ryan.
0: You were <laughs> at the uh, Lakers uh, Suns game last night, I assume.
1: Can we call it a game? Uh, what are we <laughs> calling uh, these uh, 48 minutes of inaction for the Lakers in the preseason? They have now fallen down by 30, 31, 31, and 22 in each of their four preseason games. I am not pressing the panic button because we haven't even seen the the roster even looking at one iota of what it's going to look like because the big three hasn't played together yet. But my nut graph is it's been very bad basketball.
0: I call Russell Westbrook uh, nuke lelouch. of the passes he's throwing like, <laughs> hitting the bull so to speak i don't know how many of our listeners are going to get that reference but i get it did, and i appreciate I get it no baseball on the well, fire but i actually
1: did get that reference
0: okay <laughs> and that's ramona shelburne joining us from the san fernando valley hey ramona hey what's up Bri? i oh, love that I'm the the... You're in the valley, i am right? I just
2: yeah i'm, I'm at my the... old house you know my, i'm at my parents house on the oh look come here. over here uh come over here. So my son can see grandma and grandpa one, one day a week, you know, so we're, uh, they actually have better Wi-Fi than I do. So better reception today. (laughs)
0: Um, so, uh, my, I, I, I vowed not to talk about Ben Simmons on this podcast, but it lasted one (laughs) pod and, uh, it ended. Um, yeah. So, uh, Woj had the story, um, uh, today, meaning Monday that it, by the way, like by the time Woj says, we are talking about him coming back. You know he's going to come back. I, I, you know, I don't know what the negotiation is, and by the time um, this gets uh, this gets posted, maybe we'll know more about that. The Sixers are playing the Nets in the Disgruntled Bowl um, Monday <laughs> night. Uh, Kyrie, by the way, just as a quick aside, just because I talked about that, I might as well mention Kyrie. Kyrie practiced on Saturday and Sunday, but for some reason, didn't come to Philadelphia, and. I haven't seen a good explanation as to why I think he's, the question has been asked and there hasn't been a good explanation. So good luck figuring that one out. Um, Dave, I wanted to ask you though. So let's assume that this is going to work out and Ben is going to come back. Now. I don't know whether he's going to play. I don't know what the terms are of this ceasefire, but you are from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You have a, you're, you're, you haven't lived in Philadelphia in a long time, but you are, you know Philadelphia sports. You covered the Sixers in the playoffs last year, and we're on site for that whole mess in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, what do you think will happen if slash when Ben Simmons comes back into the Wells Fargo Center, whether it's in a suit, a uniform, or whatever?
1: Oh, he's going to be booed relentlessly, and uh, I think the only way he'll be saved is if Duell Embiid, because he can put the finger on the scale of the Philadelphia sports fan's heart, if, if he like makes it a public appeal saying, hey, we got to put our arms around this guy again. He's still one of us and the past is the past. Because Embiid has been one of the ones who has been stoking the flames, dating all the way back to Game 7 against the Hawks, Uh, which is part of the reason why Philadelphia fans view Ben uh, the way they view him right now, which is someone who can't perform in the big moments and who quit on their team.
0: You know Joel Ramona. You think Joel's going to play ball like that, or what do you think?
2: I do, actually. I mean, I think um, Joel is uh, a future general manager, if he wants to be. Um, He knows all about negotiation. He did his own contract this year. He knew all where the leverage points were and compared it to other deals. Like, you know, this this guy got, you know, this, five years max, no opt-out, no this. No, I mean, no, trade kicker. Like, this guy knows where the Sixers are as a franchise. Like, he used to do that. Sam Hinkie would always tell stories about the two years that he sat out at the beginning of his career. Sam and Joe would sit there and talk about free agency. They would sit there and talk about, you know, players. They would sit there and talk about front office moves. And so I think Joel is essentially he's the captain of the team, but he's also a a de facto member of the front office, like knows exactly what is at stake here and what needs to happen. So um, I think you're right, Dave. I think that is how there's two ways. Ben, Ben doesn't get booed. Uh, Neither of which I think will happen. I think you get booed no matter what, but um, one is if Ben comes out, and doesn't make culpa, right? If he comes out and says, you know what? I've thought about this. It's, it's not you. It's me. Um, I love Philly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for all this has happened. This is, this is me needing to work on myself and my game. Uh, that I think that might, it might help. I don't think, I still think you'd get booed, but I think that would help. Um, the other one is if Joel leans in and takes, you know, and and puts his finger on the scale, as you said, Dave, like I think, but I do think Joe would play ball. I think it's just a question of does Ben meet his teammates halfway? I mean, a lot's been said, you know, Joe, Joe took some daggers. In, in um, you know, there was a story a couple weeks ago about Ben's done playing with Joel and he doesn't like their style together. And like, you know, that, that, that uh, provoked an immediate response, <laughs> right? As you can see, he got in front of the cameras the next day and, and said what he had to say. And so I think there's going to be some fence mending that's going to have to be done. But, but Brian, here's, here's my 10,000 foot view of this is I don't think uh, the peace treaty has been signed yet. I think yeah. Ben still has to get on a plane. I still think there's right. a few more cards that Ben and his his representation can play. Let's say he shows up and and says, "Okay, I'm here. Give me back all the fines. Give me back all that money again." Um, well, do they have to do that? He's already lost, you know, a million dollars or something. Whatever it's it's all added up. Do they have to do that? Do they what? Do they have any guarantee that he's actually going to play? That he's going to put his he's going to play hard that he's not going to have a back injury tomorrow, you know? Yeah, uh, so there's a, there's so, a few more things that can happen here.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if I could boil this down to 30 seconds, Ben Simmons said, uh, trade me or else the Sixers said, or else what? <laughs> and they called his bluff. Yeah. And so and- I wouldn't say that Ben is folding his cards, but he's, um, you know, I don't know where that goes in the poker. poker uh, I got you. He's short here, but... stacked
2: now. He's short stacked. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he essentially to me, he just lost a big hand and you're still in the tournament. There's still a few cards you can play. There's still a few hands you can play. You can take a few risks. Um, you know, whenever you're short stacked, you essentially just want to stay in it long enough to get a good hand and double up. All right. Um, and uh, I, I think we're going to
0: go here, Dave. Yeah. I'm, I mean, this I she's...
2: think this poker metaphor is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I generally like the I got another poker one for you. Metaphor.
1: I'm going to evoke the 1993-94 Disney uh, classic Cool Runnings uh, where uh, Malik Yoba's (laughs) character, Yul Brenner was in the bar with uh, the, the Swedish team or the Swiss team, I guess. And he said, don't touch me or else. And then the guy said, or else, but Jamaica, or else, but. And then they fought. So, you know, we've been fighting. We've seen the fighting between Daryl Morey and the Sixers and Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't know. There might be some bottles broken over heads before we get to a, a peace treaty.
0: Well, um, you know, in 19, since, we're, since we keep talking about the '90s, I guess Bill Durham was in the '80s.
2: Um, <laughs> was it the, really? I gosh, that's my favorite so. sports movie I think ever, think and so it is so
0: great. old. I guess.
1: Wow. Um, Perfect script.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, J.D. Drew. Uh, yep. Got drafted by the Phillies, phenom prospect refused to sign because uh, they didn't offer enough money and for baseball. I, I'm going back to baseball again. And um, JD Drew to this day, twenty five three years later, Dave is still hated in Philadelphia.
1: Still, a yeah, it's, Philadelphia. actually, it's funny. I was on press row last night at that horrific Lakers Suns preseason game, and I pointed out. <laughs> Sorry to, for that, Dave uh, Kyle Goon of the Orange County Register. Look at that sitting baseline, Scott Boris. JD oh. Drew's is Asian. Why do I know who Scott Boris is? Not because I'm a baseball fan, because I still have to hate my heart for what <laughs> JD Drew did. Right back then.
0: Right. Oh, they're, so you're saying they're gonna know who Rich Paul is? Twenty five years. Yeah, from now,
1: I, 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 I think. I, I, you know I, what's I interesting Rich though, Dave. Will, Rich will be just happy with that, actually.
0: Does
2: how much of this sticks to Rich though? Like how much of this is Rich Paul gets booed, and how much of this is Ben Simmons gets booed? Because I think there's a You know, Rich Paus. You know, he gets a he has a large reputation because he has a lot of power in this league. But I don't know how much of this is. You know, he's he's working for the client here,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, similar, um, and I think that's correct, Ramona. I I I think that's a a fair read on the situation. And Rich loses money by Ben losing money, so I mean, his motivation would not be to uh, to go this route. I don't believe. Other than his motivation is to help his client uh, ultimately yeah. uh, get what he wants.
0: So let me ask you this. How much do they like Adele in Philly, Dave? If, if Rich came to the Sixer <laughs> game with Adele, <laughs> would Rich st- still be booed? I say he would be booed. Um,
1: uh, yeah, it, it, it may help a little bit, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So LeBron has played uh, like 1,500 games, including the playoffs in his career. He has only not started one game. Do you, Dave McMenamin, know the reason I why do. Ron? Okay.
1: Uh, you know, I know how I learned this from you, Brian. Uh, okay. And I, I I can't tell as well as you can, but it was to help out a teammate. Please tell us.
0: So Anderson, Verigiao. Now, it's a different situation because Verigiao didn't have a contract. I, you know, we keep using the word holdout when guys don't have contracts. It's technically not a holdout. He didn't have a contract, didn't sign the Cavs offers, and ended up, signing an offer sheet in december if you can believe that he was restricted free agent all the way to december signed an offer sheet that the Cavs matched so he still didn't technically sign with them so he was the team was disgruntled with him and they got off to a poor start And even though he's a role player they kind of blamed him so lebron had been out for four or five games with an injury and so his first game back from injury was Anderson Varejao's first game after um, a month-long holdout, uh, for which he was m- somewhat vilified in Cleveland. And remember, uh, Varejao, very much beloved player, big hair, yeah. always flopped. Uh, people loved the way he played in Cleveland. <laughs> you, you hated him if you played it. You hated him if you played against them. You loved him if you played with him. Um, and so they knew Varejao was going to get booed. So they did not start Mike Brown. And I'm, it was LeBron's idea, from what I understand. Um, uh, Mike Brown the coach then brought LeBron off the bench and we were because he had missed like a week and a half and we, we were pretty surprised because you know LeBron had missed some games before due to injury but so at the first media timeout or the first timeout whatever it was uh, Varejo comes to the scorers table and LeBron comes with him and the Cavs have been on a five-game losing streak without LeBron mimicking what happened a lot in his career and LeBron came in the game with Vera Zhao by design so that, so that Andy wouldn't get booed. And um, I'm not so sure that that type of tactic is going to work here, but I think um, it boils down to how, how accepting if Ben shows up, how willing his teammates are to show support for him uh, you know, in that setting, in in the in the, in the littlest ways and the biggest ways possible, um, and that's going to be fascinating because I don't think Ben thought this was going to happen. I think, you know, at the start of this, he thought he was going to get his second eight million dollars payment on October first, and he didn't. He wasn't going to get a regular paychecks to November fifteenth, and those paychecks were going to be relatively small. He was going to have sixteen million dollars in his pocket, and yeah, they could fine him, but those fines were not going to. Um, really amount to much and they would take a real long time for them to, mm-hmm. to ramp up. To, not that, that the fines wouldn't be a lot of money, but his checks weren't going to be big enough for them to withhold because half of his money was up front and he was going to get, you know, smaller checks every two weeks. That was the strategy. Well, the Sixers and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this should have been, this is a mistake by by Ben's side, not, rec- not predicting this, but the Sixers decided to hold the money to hold the second payment and to d- d- deduct money out of that and then w- within you know a month here was looking at losing all that money and so instead of not missing a page not missing money until november 15th he started missing money october 1st and that is a six-week span that he was hoping to really squeeze the sixers so um i think that maneuver by the sixers and their unwillingness or, you know, their steadfastness and keeping their trade demands high, I think is resulted in the Sixers sort of being able to declare victory here, but really the Sixers need to, and Doc Rivers needs to find a way if he's actually going to suit up and play to get that somewhat Kumbaya moment that LeBron was willing to show to very show, uh, to mm. welcome him back. Uh, that's what I think. I don't know how it's possible Ramona, because, Ben is a type of guy who does need support but isn't necessarily the guy who's willing to, you know, lean into the hug, if you will.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's true. But I also think um, a, you can be professional. Like, you can be in a locker room with people that – he's still a really good player. And I think, you know, even on the eve of camp, half his team was willing to fly out to L.A. and try to, you know, do good the – are we going to do a John Cusack say anything reference or can we do the, you know, the, since we're going eighties or nineties movies, right. Mm-hmm. He's going to stand out there with the radio in front of his, uh, his house in LA. And he told him not to come, but like, I think from a business perspective, like you can, you can show up and be professional. Um, you can show up and play. It's just a matter of, you know, is his heart going to be in going to be it? I don't wouldn't,
0: know. Wouldn't he, having been professional would have been showing up the training camp and just,
2: yeah, that's true. That's right. But I think, um, players generally have sympathy for other players like it doesn't matter the, the, the wor- what's the worst thing you can do to another player take take money out of their pocket ruin their reputation you know whatever it is nobody's really been hurt here except for right except for Ben's money nobody he hasn't taken anybody else's money yet right right i mean there's no there's there's a, I mean, there's the internal you team dynamics that. right but
1: well yeah but like Joel Embiid has done everything he can to get his body in a place to be able to perform at a high level. He is smack dab in the middle of his prime. He signed an extension with Philadelphia under the understanding that he was in position to contend alongside uh, another guy who's commanding a max contract who is going to be on the court with him and Mm -hmm. into it and not just showing up, actually be there. I mean, James Harden was on the court last year for the Rockets before he ended up in Brooklyn, but he wasn't really on the court. And so I, I think we have to wait and see what Ben Simmons is actually present with Philadelphia.
0: If yeah. He I mean, there's Dave, if, if he called you today, if uh, Ben, I'm sure he would definitely consult with you. If Ben called mm-hmm. you today, what would you recommend to him to do? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live.
1: Oh, uh, man. Uh, I, if your heart's not in it, then keep pushing your money to the middle of the table.
2: I mean, his his leverage was, I'm willing to, to, to miss paychecks. His leverage was, I can go all year. It's never about the money. Well, you can say it's never about the money until you actually start not getting the paycheck. And I think right. there was this assumption that he was, well, when he finally gets traded, uh, you know, he'll get the money back. It's almost you know, anybody who's bought a house knows what an escrow account is, right? You put a bunch of money in an escrow account. They say, okay, we'll take it out of that account. And uh, at the end, usually it's like six months later. It's not even right away. It's like six months later, they go, okay, hey, you, uh, you have $3,600 left in your escrow account. And you're like, cool, Christmas came early, right? Because you don't know what was left out of the closing costs or whatever else it was this is I think that's kind of what the expectation was well I'm not getting the paycheck but I'll get it eventually and and I can I've made enough money and I can sit and you know let them keep my money right and I and I think there was um some clarity I think it was Brian was that you and Bobby who wrote the story Tim and Bobby wrote that story saying no that's that's really not how the league and the players association are going to enforce this it's more like when you get fined, you you pay money into an account, and that goes to usually NBA charities, right? Um, and uh, I think that's how this is going to go. And and you you don't necessarily get that money back. Now some of it, some of the fines can be forgiven, but not not missed game checks.
0: So yeah, so really, but with Ben, if indeed he comes back, he is giving up leverage. So how, if I were him and Rich Paul, I would say. All right, we're giving up leverage because of, you know, basically probably money. How, what can we do? What is in our, our options that mm-hmm. we can regain that leverage? And the really simplest way for me to see where he could regain leverage would be to just play awesome. Uh, now, other people might say, and I know other people will say that. He should do the exact opposite and do the harden. Um and uh, you know, basically make himself such a pain that they have to get rid of him. Um, and maybe that's what he will do. You can but, do the Jimmy Butler, right? You could do the you yeah, can do the Jimmy I mean, I practice. Don't think it's really in his uh <laughs> in his um, in his personality. But if like yeah. he goes out there and just goes full tilt um
1: because I mean, when he said you need me like jimmy did they'll be like actually yeah we needed you in game seven to yeah. think that wide open layout like that would have helped us
0: yeah yeah so I, just oh, think... I love that
2: we have dave on the pod today that's like <laughs> philly down i love it every time we need the voice yeah. of philly i it's like i i can hear the pulse of the city it's and great. really on the on yeah. the philly
0: meter dave's pretty <laughs> yeah. low. i mean
1: you yeah know. <laughs> oh man well i mean i don't know if you guys saw this but the weatherman uh in philly glenn hurricane schwartz (laughs) took some shots at ben simmons which was just it's just just chef's kiss it's philly in a nutshell
0: (laughs) yeah like uh, he like he could just tell the i don't think the anchor knew it was coming she didn't know what to say she was just like uh (laughs) so are we uh gonna see some sun this weekend well hannah wait a second Uh, i got something i gotta get off my chest um
1: but oh, uh, listen, yeah. listen, Ben is paid really handsomely. He's 25 years old, I believe, and that's a lot to go through and to struggle publicly uh, the way he has. That has to take a, a huge toll. Uh, but to me, if he's made the decision that he doesn't want to be there, that's the only reason I say, like, carry it through because you will be able to get it carried through. We, all three of us, could name three or four superstars in his same salary range that we could see be getting moved this season and we don't need to name names and feed the aggregators but we all know those names mm-hmm. it's going to happen at some point and so it, it's gut check time
0: well but again the way he plays that into possibility is to play great and sure. uh, you know well, i'm not he's not gonna i mean it would be amazing it would be a, it would be a movie if he came out and started raining threes we know that <laughs> we, we know that's not gonna happen but that like it would be amazing like guy. it would be yeah. kind of like um trolling if he like got the first possession I mean this is assuming he even plays I don't even know if he's gonna play um because uh one of the things that people in the league I talked to said is he should have held in from the start which is show up and not play you um, know and
2: and I'll go but back but but how, since... how
0: trolling would it be if he if his first possession he went down and took a three. <laughs> That would be I mean, great. It would, been, it
2: would be amazing. Would be amazing. Um, uh, we, look, that's
1: when we'll really miss Mark Zuma uh, being off the calls. <laughs> I need Mark Zuma on that call.
2: The um, You know, I go back to the one holdout. It wasn't even a holdout. It was just a threatened holdout, okay? But it lasted for several months. It was Kobe Bryant in 2007. Went on every radio station in LA. Went and did a million interviews and said, I, I'll never play for the Lakers again. Um, I'd rather play on, was it Pluto or Mars? I can't remember what planet Pluto.
0: And he uh, doesn't forget these things.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's important. It's a whole different planet, you know? Um, and, uh, and I remember standing there at training camp, like, or I think it was media day and we're all standing in the parking lot. We used to do that. I remember day we'd stand in the parking lot and see if, um, which cars would show up. Now they have it all blocked off. You can't go in the players area, but uh, you stand there and wait, is Kobe to show up and all the cameras are standing there and, and he actually showed up and he was there for media day. And later on, we kind of got the blow by blow of like how Dr. Bus basically said, "Hey, I know you want to be traded, and I understand your request, but we can't get anything of value for you that is anywhere close to what we need." And you know, they had that trade for Chicago with Chicago for Lou Dang and the Lakers. You know, Kobe always would say, "I was I was looking at property in Chicago, I was looking for houses there." Um, he was that far, he really thought that trade would happen, but the Lakers held firm and said, we just can't do this. I'm sorry, but we we'll, we're going to look for a trade in season to upgrade the team around you. And you just got to be patient.
0: And he showed up. at we'll work. get Lou Dang a decade later, don't you worry. For a whole lot more, um, <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot he's worse. Still on the, he's still on the books, by the way. He won One MVP year.
1: that season. Like, think about that. He won MVP yeah. that season. I know. Of all the that years year. he played in the league, that's the year he wins MVP.
2: Yeah. I mean, You know, Daryl Morey's Aaron Rodgers reference might be, you know, it might, might end up being true. I mean, it's not the, when he said it, it was kind of wishful thinking, but it's also not unprecedented. And I've seen it like Kobe showed up he went to camp. Andrew Bynum gets good. Remember Andrew Bynum just took a huge step forward. mm -hmm, They pull this rabbit mm -hmm. out of a hat and trade for Pau Gasol in February and go to the finals that year.
0: Like this does happen. It happened with Dwight Howard too. Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. demanded a trade from the Orlando Magic. Yep. Um. There was this three or four days in training <laughs> camp where everything was very cold. Uh, his teammates basically wouldn't talk to him. Um, you know, nowadays, like the media, the, the media apparatuses of the teams protect players under, um, you know, under duress. They like, you know, like Kyrie, they probably, Kyrie probably won't talk to the media for six to 10 weeks. And it's allowed by the NBA because in Adam Silver's NBA players do whatever they want. Uh, and um there's no repercussions they just they do whatever they want and um but back then they like made Dwight talk to the media every day and like the 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 media guys like just didn't care like there was all these questions and they didn't step in to help at all they were like done with Dwight and then they made an organizational decision I remember I was covering training camp they made an organizational decision and let's just say that without even though it was a long time ago I don't want to reveal exactly what happened let's just say I was pulled aside and told uh, we, are not, we are not trading Dwight Howard. And everything changed in that one day. And I don't think it was Dwight's decision. They just were like, hey, Dwight, by the way, we're just not going to trade you right now. And it was basically the Kobe playbook. It was, you know, we're not going to trade Now, eventually, uh, it, you know, Dwight later opted into his contract and pretended like he wanted to be there and then asked to be traded again a year later. And that's when they traded him to the Lakers. But that strategy worked then too. Like Dwight stayed and played and for at least a little while was happy in Orlando. So um, I would not bet that that's the way it goes, but it's not like we have to go back to the 1970s to find a time when a team just rejecting a trade demand has worked. Um, And and in Kobe and Dwight's case, they didn't hold out. They didn't have their teammates publicly going after him like this, but um, and I, I, I'm not betting that it would go this way again, but I do think that there is some path, especially if he plays well, where this could fade to the background at least for a little while and take some of the pressure off. And he takes the pressure off by a playing and b playing well. And uh, ask Markel
1: Fultz about stuff falling to the background of Philly. I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't see it.
0: Well, that's I what I wanted it. to ask you about, David. Maybe you're, you're probably right. You're probably right, but if he goes out and has a and you know, if some he's not, I don't think he's gonna be able to start the season, but let's just say he comes and plays in two weeks and he has a triple double in the first game and they win. Are you saying they're gonna still boo him at the end of the game?
1: No, I, I agree. Uh, winning cures all, it's a cliche, but it's so true, and we've all seen it on teams we've covered.
0: All right, so before we go, I wanted to ask you guys a bit about the drama in the in early already already hitting the lakers and i'm not talking about their record in the preseason or russell westbrook's turnovers um which are heading towards quintuple double territory um they announced today that taylan horton tucker is having surgery or had surgery on his thumb uh, now one thing i'll say about this thumb ligament it's a common basketball injury it happens been happening to guys for decades and it's typically a six-week injury maybe depending on the tear it's four to six weeks Dave did they announce a timetable for return
1: no they have not uh I heard a uh it being framed as a a minor procedure uh and one estimation (laughs) uh was in that time range you just mentioned now yeah of course what since when is their degrees of surgery their surgery I love that surgery Yeah, I love that Uh, minor uh, surgery but yeah, I don't think there's any uh, reason to start looking at like oh we're going to lose him for uh, the season or anything like that. No, but no, yeah, no. there there's uh, opportunity if you want to go glass half full and say, well, they had a bit of a redundancy at the wing anyway. Uh, now there's opportunity for well,
0: redundancy is one way to put it. <laughs> uh, another way to put it is is they. They threw a lot of stuff at the wall and hoping a couple stick. <laughs> um, right there, you go, but um, but that's
1: why you have you field 14 guys to play five positions at any one time, and there's going to be so, the opportunity to you know, now you get Ken Base more and more minutes. Now you get would uh, be it Kendrick Nunn, be it be Wayne Ellington, because yeah, Talon can play the one, two, stuff. and the three. You know, yeah, he so, plays the one, two, and three.
0: So, Ramona, so it's not just losing Horton Tucker for four to six weeks, let's just say six weeks, I think. Um, it's also that Trevor Ariza has already, this is two surgeries now for Laker wing players in the season. Ariza had ankle surgery again, minor ankle surgery, right? But this is a guy who's like 36, 37 has barely played the last two years. Um, yeah, maybe he'll be fine, but that's two surgeries on Laker wing players. Um, is this something or nothing? I mean, what do well, you
2: think? I mean, you know, Dave Dave wrote this in his news too, but Malik Monk's out with a groin injury, right? I mean, that's another week. Um, those were supposed to be the young guys who were supposed to spell the old guys, right. right? Like, that was the, the you know, part of the point of this roster was, okay, we have a lot of old guy veterans and, you know, they all keep themselves in really good shape, but generally speaking, the older players get hurt more and they need some load management. So the young guys who were supposed to play all these minutes are out. That's That's problematic. But I also think it's, it, I was just disappointed to read it for Taylan because I know this was a big early season for him. They have a fairly, I think, a pretty favorable schedule when you say Dave, their first 10, 15 uh, that's games. the pretty...
1: first three games, yeah. first three games are all kind of tough, but then they yeah. have a, a runway where they can yeah. stack up some wins.
2: Yeah, there's like five or six games, a couple against the Thunder, the Rockets. There's like a, and you the know, Thunder last year. Outfit. Yeah. Outfit. And, they, and they don't, they're not insulted if you say that, Brian, either. No. Um, the, uh, the, I think there was this, beginning part of the season where like taylor horton tucker is really good but he also needs more seasoning and this part of the year would have been a good time to get that like this would have been a good time to say all right you just you go out there and play 38 minutes in those in those five games you know like just give him a lot of a lot of room and uh just developmental time that he doesn't get to have and especially early in the season when there's when they could really use it because the, the point of you know, Taylor is, is not just for this year, but to, you got, to, if you're on a team like this, it's hard for a young player to get a lot of minutes, especially meaningful minutes. So these would have been, but
0: he, he the, has to, you know, he was going to, he was going to be yeah. a starter, right, Dave. I mean, he's going to be, Oh, uh, so, no,
1: I, I, I'm not saying with the degree of certainty you say, it. I think at some point in the season, he would have been a starter, but I'm not sure they yeah, decided still, on still him still, opening well, night.
0: Could be. Yeah. I would just say that here's the thing that I, you know, I've been saying and Dave, I'll see if you agree with me. I've been saying here, I'm not judging the Lakers till Christmas, and I might even push that back. What I yeah, we're we
1: in lockstep on that.
0: Okay, so all I'm saying here is let's say the Lakers. I mean, they, and they look they look sluggish because they haven't had time together. I get it. Like let's say even with that easy schedule, let's just say now they're now they're banged up. Let's say they don't get off to a great start, and Russell Westbrook, the last two teams he got traded to, they didn't get off to a good start. You know, let's say that they come out sluggish and they take some losses. And then next thing you know, people are talking about Frank Vogel. And I'm just saying. Like, it's almost like it should be an imperative issue to the Laker nation. Just take it easy with this team, because you got mellow coming out and saying stuff like if we don't win the title, it would be like the 2004 Olympic team losing, you know, to, uh, you know, to losing the gold medal. And I was just like, I would I would just stay away from stuff like that Um, because I just don't you know, you know, they're posing for these photos with the six Hall of Famers. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, the super team. And I'm just like, everybody take it easy. I mean, Ramona, what do you think the vibe is there? Do you think that people are really expecting them to come blasting out of the gates? Or do you think there is a realistic understanding about how tough it is going to be to put this together?
2: We're, We're talking about the same Laker fans, Brian. Who, know, um, that's what i'm saying i'm just i can <laughs> oh no, i mean come on i can this see is what's, what's gonna happen
0: i can see <laughs> that. your
2: fans think they're never gonna lose i mean right. I, I, and they're very excited i mean and i actually think um i read Melo's quotes a little differently um uh, i think he is very excited to be on a team that has a chance to win right now and you know by all I, I think there's a sense of accountability going on with the players like if you say it reminds me almost of two years ago dave where. And people came out of the gate saying, you know, and holding accountability, even Anthony Davis after that first game, he's like, we can get a lot better. We didn't play very well. We can get a lot better. I mean, it was just very, he played what eight minutes in that game or something. And, and um, I think they're really, there's a sense among the veterans on this team that they want to put it out there so that they have to live up to it. Right. There's a sort of holding each other accountable and, and putting out those goals and they don't care what we in the media think or fans think or whatever it is. It's like, they're doing it for themselves because they really want to win. I mean, it just really feels like they're they're setting that bar for themselves, which is a really good place for a team like this to start. Um, but you're right, Brian. I mean, like if they get off to a horror, I mean, I, I think their schedule looks I don't
0: think fairly be easy once you get started. But if there's people out there thinking they're going to yeah. win 60-some games and they start out, you know, 5-5 five and five or 5-7 five and seven or something like that, I mean, I just think that yeah. people are going to be freaking out. And I'm just saying, don't freak out. Dot com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package.
1: Yeah, I I mean, for this them. this should be something that uh, is granted to LeBron James at this point of his career, where uh, we've seen. And be 19 and 20 in, in the, his athletic prime uh, with the Cavs. We saw him be, what, 8 and 7 in his first year of the, mm-hmm. of the nine Heat, and 9 and 8. You know, we've seen this. Uh, it, it's going to take some time. Obviously, he's found out ways to get teams to the very top of the mountain, if not one step away being in the finals. And so I have patience with it. I, I think the bigger challenge is on Frank Vogel's doorstep because – uh, he likes to say it's a good problem to have, but he does have redundancies in some positions, and the guys are saying the right things about wanting to be here just to be a part of it and figure it out as a group. But let's say Trevor comes back healthy, and they're winning. Like, is there a role for Trevor reason? Is that the window closed? Uh, you know, and, and I'm not trying to single Trevor out. Any one of these players, if they have a time where – they get hurt, or they go out of the lineup, or Frank finds a group of nine that works, and you happen to be number nine and a half. You might not play for a couple of weeks. And last year, a team coming off the NBA championship, a team that uh, had all the confidence in the world, they had issues with several players on their roster who felt like they should have been getting more playing time or get a bigger role, um, and it, it led to uh, you know some tension with that group.
2: And what I would say, too, is like last year with um, the Lakers, I just even I think they just started on a bad foot. One, everybody was cranky because they didn't get enough of a break. But two, like the trade for Schroeder, where he immediately the first thing out of his mouth is I'm going to start. Um, I thought that was really bad tone to set. You know, like you just trade for this guy and it's, it's, it's a team that had just won a, a championship. And, and I know that it was important for him in his career. And he had a big contract waiting for him. At least he thought he did. Um, but, uh, that was not the spirit that the team had the year they won, right? Like the year they won, they had Dwight Howard on a non-guaranteed deal, which was his idea so that he could prove to people he was serious about doing all the little things, you know, doing all the rebounding defense and just uh, not worrying about his playing time. You just had guys who had who really bought into their role and then they went out and upgraded talent wise, but you know, they got, got, you got, got, Marcus Saul or, um, Andre Drummond later in the year where, those are proud veterans who've started on every other team they've been on. And it's really hard to put them in a position where like, you know, it was was sort of two out of three, right? So it was going to be two of the three centers every night. So it was going to be Trez and Gasol, or it was going to be Drummond and Gasol or Gasol or
0: Trez and Drummond. Well, yeah. If it was here, that was not your, yeah. Harold took what he thought was a below market contract to go, you know, win a title with the Lakers and then get paid and neither happened. And, you know, he was, you know, they didn't play him that much at times. And, and,
2: you know, sometimes I think that that is that's just the individual players involved. Sometimes I think is uh, they just, you know, you don't have the same hunger and the same um, self-sacrificing nature when you are coming off a title. The other side of it is it was a COVID year, so there's not a lot of time for team bonding. There's not a lot of time for uh, connecting and smoothing that kind of stuff out like you like you have this year. Um, It was just, you know, that was a bad year. I mean, Dave, doesn't it feel like
0: if you close? Yeah, I mean, the overarching
1: feel. I completely agree with you. Yeah. The overarching field, that's how you sum up that year. I just, there's alchemy to every roster. And Ooh,
2: Phil Jackson word, sounds, I like that. Like I, uh, that's Lincoln a Zen master Alchemist.
1: word. Um, I think this team <laughs> has the potential to have all the pieces fit, but that's a heavy lift for their head coach. Uh, and, and for his sake, I, I hope there continues to be buy-in because This is not going to be a linear process for this team. They are going to have a sinusoidal run. And I I think they have a very good chance to hit their stride. And I think that their main competition in the opposing conference is all over the map as well. And so they should have that, like, go to bed at night, I play for the best team in the NBA type of confidence. uh, But they're going to have to work to actually have that come to fruition
0: and what do you think the vibe of the team is right now
1: I think it's uh, a little laissez-faire which I think is okay uh, you know, LeBron and Russ have both classic basically veteran, scoffed. Classic
0: veteran team thing.
1: yeah they they, they, they they scoffed at the notion that there could be anything to worry about before they've actually played a real game which yeah. generally I am in complete agreement with but it doesn't mean that this team has an easy path. Uh, it, it has, you know, a, a wider window for error, uh, error than some of the teams LeBron's played on. That it's gone far. Uh, but, you know, with all the potential, there are also pitfalls that you can point to. And, and we'll to see how it plays out. I mean, you need luck on, on teams that win championships, too. And so far, luck hasn't been on their side with these early injuries.
0: Okay, well, thanks for uh, the LA Viewpoint, guys, Ramona and Dave. Uh, Thanks for listening to Collective. We will be talking to you later this week.